0: Feed me
1: more. Feed me more. Feed
2: me more. Alright, we're back again this week for episode 5 of the Footy Feast podcast, the place to tune into if you're hungry for more footy content. Craig, how are we doing this week? Uh, Really good. Right in the middle of uh, school holidays for me, so it's busy in that regard, but... We're pretty good this week. Beauty. All right, uh, Rick is living up in Queensland this week, so he's unable to join us, but we have a special guest tonight. Some of you may remember or know him from the Rebuild segment. Jake, the coach of Tyrannical in our Keeper League, is joining us, making the journey all the way down from Wyala. How are we? Excited to be here?
1: Uh, feeling good to be here. Thanks, lads. Um am excited for a lot of rundown about the Dockers tonight, and ooh, some of the news coming out this week has been interesting, so it's going to be good to see. And let's talk about uh, Jake. Just want to tell us
0: a little bit about yourself quickly, like just a little bit about what you do with football and your fantasy
1: team. Just, just give us a little spiel. All right. So, as Pete mentioned, I'm the coach of Tyra- coach of Tyrannical, and I've gone from our inaugural year a chance to rebuild and go with a really young team. I have the youngest in the league, so I'm really hoping that these boys start to play well and really develop into well. What's looking like this year is a chance to play at the big game at the end of the year, so should be good. As for life away from the fantasy scene, uh, I'm a teacher, play a bit of footy. played in a couple of different clubs, Port Districts, locally in Adelaide, Smosh West Lakes in Adelaide, and then playing up in Wyala at North Wyala Football Club.
0: Very nice. How are you going? Are they having a good year
1: or what? Uh, let's not talk about it. <sighs> okay, then we'll move on from that.
2: Gee, all right, well, I know they're saying they're not going well, but hopefully we can get some uh, more reach up to that end of the town with this podcast with our special guest tonight. But we're going to move straight on to uh, – we're going to call it some breaking news. It's only come out uh, in the last half an hour. Buddy Franklin potentially moving to a third club. Now, the Swans have allegedly offered um, what he's calling – or Buddy's calling a lowball offer of 500000 to play in 2023. Buddy's apparently looking at at least seven, eight hundred k, and he's also apparently indicated that if he doesn't get that financial settlement, then he is either going to look at going to another club or retiring from the AFL. So, what do you boys reckon about the offer and what's going to happen to Buddy in 2023?
1: Um, I can't see him really leaving the Swans. I know that they are only willing to offer him a little bit less, but I think they'll keep him on in a coaching sense as well, pay him maybe as a player as well as a coach and use that extra bit of money there. But who knows? What are your thoughts? Uh, For me, I'm just having a look at his stats here. He's
0: kicked 34 goals this year, which puts him in the top 10 in the Coleman. So that's nothing to sneeze at. He is 35. He's played most of the games during the year. Um, he ranks 11th for goals per game, 5th for marks inside 50 per game, 5th for total marks inside 50, and 3rd for marks inside 50 per game. Um I know a few teams right in the premiership window that probably could use a key forward that could kick 34 to 50 goals a year. Um there's a few of them on right on the edge and I reckon that if he does go then uh someone would pay him surely.
2: Do you boys reckon that 500,000 is a reasonable offer? I th- I think it's all right for one year's. You know how many years his body got left in him and I think that's a good retirement fund.
0: Uh, he could break down tomorrow knowing his injury history. He didn't play for what the best part of 2 years, so um, I think 500,000 is probably fair after he's got 10 mil
2: over the last nine years. I mean, the last couple of years he's been holding on for that, you know, 1,000-goal thousand, thousand milestone. Now he's hit that, do you think he'll, he'll kind of deteriorate a little bit?
1: I don't think he'll deteriorate. I reckon he'll just keep going about his business. But I think in another team where he might have someone that's probably up and coming, he can really develop them and help them in their future, I guess, so... I reckon, I reckon he owes it to Sydney, considering, as Craig said, he missed two years. He probably owes it to them. They've been on good money, so I reckon $500,000 is probably a good mark for him.
0: Yeah, well, I reckon Jacinta should say take it. Um, stop being a really crap player, manager, and uh, take what's in front of you, I reckon.
2: On the similar lines this week, Tex signed a deal for one year next year with the Crows. It hasn't really been mentioned in the media about what the contract value was, but what do you guys think valuing Tex to Buddy for a one-year contract? Uh,
0: Tex is at least three or four years younger. I reckon Tex has a few more strings to his bow too. Um, I don't think he's slowing down at all just yet. He's still kicking goals. Admittedly, he kicked a lot early and has tailed off a bit, but that's due to the team's form as well. Um, I think one-year deals for at least the next two years are on the table for him, and I'd pay him... I mean, close to half a million as well. I don't see why he doesn't deserve that.
1: Well, I think the Crows are in a similar spot to where they were last year. He started the season off when he came back and was really good for five or six weeks, was leading the Coleman at the start of the year and really dropped off. I think they need to almost go and play him twice through the season and give him a spell in the middle of the year to actually give him a decent chance to come back and fire. That way the Crows can actually get a couple more wins on the board. So...
0: But I hear a lot of people saying that he's still the Crows' best player, and I'm not disagreeing, to be honest. His best game is 25 touches, three or four goals, half a dozen marks, and if Crows win, it's usually because he plays out
1: of his skin. So can they afford to lose him right now? Well, he's definitely their most influential player. Like, I don't think he's their best. I'd say you have the likes of Rory Laird and probably a Jordan Dawson at the moment that are carrying the Crows through the midfield. Without them, the ball wouldn't be in the forward line. But the
0: only time they win is when Tex Walker kicks five or six goals. And I think that you're going to end up like a North Melbourne if you don't have your leaders around. So I think, yeah, he gets that money just because of what he brings to the club other than just kicking goals.
1: Yeah, he's probably got the fan factor as well. He probably gets a few people in the stands, which the Crows need at the moment.
0: Yep, good point.
1: So looking at the crowds on the weekend, it wasn't that much to really talk about. But hopefully that can keep a couple of Crows fans around as well.
2: Pete, you're a Crows fan. What do you think? I'm a Crows fan. Now, this isn't on the run sheet, but we did mention Jordan Dawson. Was it last week or a couple... It was either last week or the week before. The idea floated around about him in the leadership group and his potential for being the future captain of the Adelaide Crows. Now, I don't know about you two, if you've heard some of the media talk this week, but they've been interviewing Tex a lot about his contract. Yeah, so on Triple M this week, they were talking to Tex, uh, interviewing about his contract and the idea of Jordan Dawson being the future captain was floated to him and he's said that he's already currently in the leadership team now we just want to point out here that you heard it first on the footy feast about Jordan Dawson being the future captain of the Crows but what do you guys think oh I know what Craig thinks because he was here the other week but Jake what do you think about Jordan Dawson
1: I think he's definitely in their leadership group but I I was discussing this Craig over the weekend and saying that I don't think they should be adding players into their leadership group during the year. Like, why... He should have been already been a leader at the start of the year if he had the same qualities. He played there last year. It's not like he's done anything different. Did he play there last year? I thought he was I the thought this I thought it was his first year team. of the No, Crows. Pretty,
2: this is the first year of Jordan Dawson because he came in this year and he's kicked the winning goal and he's made an absolute difference in the back line and the whole team. I don't think Crows... We, we've, like, what, I don't know, lost... No, the say last that, say eight, that. eight games or something the games that we won early on in the season if Dawson wasn't there we would have lacked and probably lost and those early games where the crows lost by 8 points or 4 points we lost to Frio only by a few points Essendon by a few points like if if Dawson wasn't there we would have got pumped
1: fair enough but no i just i don't know i don't like the idea of adding someone to your leadership group during the year like let him continue to play the way he's been playing don't put extra pressure on a player it just makes it that much harder for him, and he's probably got extra commitments now. But I know the Crows lost Sloan earlier in the year, so maybe that's why they've just chugged him in there to replace him for the rest of the year. But because Sloan still does things off the, like, off the field that Dawson might not like being in the media, whereas Sloan is happy to do that because he's injured. So I don't know why you really need to add anyone during the year.
0: I mean, adding him to the leadership group at this point in time, they need a, a good headline or they need something positive. So bringing a player in and trade and adding him to your leadership group is a bit of a gloss on what has been a disappointing 10 weeks for the club. So I think that's all it really is, a bit of publicity stunt. For me, it can wait to the end of the year, really. And I think he probably is the next captain. He's the best player. He leads on the field in what he does. I don't know
1: just what he's like off the field. That's the only thing I don't know. Two minutes ago, you told me that Tex was their best player. Make up your mind. Geez. That's a very good point. I was trying not to say that because I thought that to
0: myself.
2: I said Tex is the best player. That's that's what triggered me to talk about Dawson because I remember a couple of weeks ago, you were saying that Dawson is the best player for the Crows and I, you just contradicted yourself as I thought I'd bring it up because interesting, very interesting.
1: I would agree that Tex is probably the most influential, but I think Jordan Dawson is probably their best player or one of their best players, yes.
0: Thanks for coming to the podcast, Jake. Really appreciate you being here (laughs) to point
2: out my fuck ups Someone's got to stitch him up, because Rick's not being here this week. We're going to move to the Tasmanian Timbers. Um, We've had a couple of people reach out during the week about the lack of uh, the jersey on the Facebook page. Now, this, I guarantee, will be on by tomorrow morning. All right, so... By the time you listen to this podcast, it will be up on our Facebook page. Let us know what you think. Craig's designed it. Um, if you have any, any suggestions, we can go from there. Um, but Craig's going to kick us off with the players for this week for the Tasmanian Timbers.
1: Can I hold you there for a second? Can you tell us what, Craig, can you tell us what the Guernsey, just roughly before people have seen it, what it might look like in case they don't get a chance to see the picture? Okay, so
0: we have a forest green jersey, collar, sleeves, uh, with a big white cross down the middle, similar to the Saints Guernsey. Um, that Guernsey, sort of the T in there is sort of an unofficial T for Tasmania. Um, potentially you could add a big shape of Tasmania, the map of it, if you want, in the middle of the Guernsey, but it's a strong Guernsey and alternates where you swap the green and the white around. So you have a green T in there um, with white background for majority of it for an away Guernsey. So... Pretty adaptable. Actually, is a pretty
1: strong design. I'm quite happy with it at the moment. Interesting. Is there going to be any symbols that go along with this? So like obviously teams have their little mascot and whatever. What have you thought about for that? Or is that coming up on the podcast at some later point in time? Is there going to be another picture? Well, it's
0: funny you mentioned that. On the Guernsey design that you will see online, you'll see the Tasmanian Timbers logo up the top. It's got a few trees on it. Um, I would have liked to incorporate Brown into the Guernsey, but we might do that down the track, um, uh, for a clash Guernsey or something like that. But, um, at the moment we have our symbol, we have, our tree, which Rick decided last week. I can't remember the name of it.
2: Yeah. Some native Tasmanian tree or something.
0: And then we have our Jersey design. Um, and then we are going to hear on top of, uh, that the next players added to the list. Do you remember what the last two were, Jake?
1: No, I don't remember the Was last Pierce two. Pierce one of them?
0: Alex Pierce from Fremantle was the captain. Thief. And uh, Jake Collajashny was a defender slash vice-captain for him. So this week, we're just going to go down the AFL list now that we've got our captain and vice-captain. From the Adelaide Crows, we're bringing across Josh Rochelle. Now, he's only new and young, but he comes out of contract in 2025. So new kids on the block can poach one player from every team. He's uncontracted. Josh Rochelle comes in, adds midfield polish, adds class. Um, Suddenly it looks a lot better already with the fresh young players on top of those older experienced players. Thoughts on Josh Rochelle to uh, Tasmania?
1: I actually don't mind that idea. I think he will be that little bit of star power by the time he actually, well, by the time the Timbers actually start, he'll actually be that little bit of star power that he's started his career with. Uh, Let's just hope he continues on that vein of form and by the time the Timbers come in, he and the team want him. Excellent. All
0: right. For the second player added this week, I was going to do Brisbane, but um, we'll move to North Melbourne because I know this player is very close to Jake's heart. Um, Tasmanian native Taryn Thomas will be signed by the Tasmanian Timbers, comes out of contract. Oh, he doesn't come out of contract. He's Tasmanian, and as a Tasmanian, they get first access to any Tasmanian players wanting to come home. So Taryn Thomas... Hopefully adds polish. Depends where his career is at at this point in time, but
1: looks bad now. But hopefully in three years' time, looks a lot better. Jake, not sold on this one. I don't like him right now. He is in my fantasy team. Picked him from day dot, and don't thought... like
2: him. Your team's named after him.
1: That's I know hilarious. it was a there was a thought of changing the team mid year <laughs> when the there was an opportunity, but the team that was named after him. However, his form this year has been terrible. I would love to trade him away. I wish I did some trades at the start of the year where he had actually some value. Now I don't think.
2: Be worth a packet of chips at the moment.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I don't even think the steak knives would be worth him right now. Gee, <laughs> so I don't think I could give him away. But for yes, Tasmania, for Tasmania, I think just to bring a native home, it would be a nice idea. But as for an actual player, the way he's currently going, I don't think he'd be the type of player you want at a club based on his recent form where he just doesn't seem to care, doesn't seem to want to be out there. I know he's got his own personal issues going on, but I think you can still put in effort no matter what, even if you're not getting in touch.
2: Would the would the home factor of playing in his hometown, home state, lift him and lift the potential and his, his motivation? Because I know they said his, his training, training ability, or not training ability, but his training motivation and his efforts work quite slack do you think him going back to his home state playing in his hometown might might lift him a bit i mean at the end of the day you can't you're playing for north melbourne it can't get any worse at the moment so if you go to tassie if they're if they're no good well you're in the same boat where you are now aren't you
1: well that's exactly right i think if he was at a team where he actually had to fly for his spot a lot more he and there was probably the quality of training that's happening he'd probably actually be more impact at training and actually want to be out there and trying harder but I guess when there's no pressure on spots really it's probably a similar to a west coast type of thing at the moment where they just don't have the cattle and they're just playing they're just going out there to be thumped every week so
0: well I know that he played poorly this week or last week because of personal issues or a death in the family so if he's home around the family I expect a big uptick um Taryn Thomas is a big signing for the Tasmanian Timbers
2: Beauty, what do we, we got anyone else or is that is that it for the Tasmanian Timbers? Uh
0: we can do a third one this week. I just got an extra name here. We'll go back to the Brisbane one. Um, next to Alex Pierce in the back line, we have a huge key pillar. Comes out of contract in twenty twenty five. Brisbane will hate to lose him, but Harris Andrews is available at the end of twenty twenty five to be signed by Tasmania. And he slots there at centre half back with Alex Pierce at fullback. This team looks dynamite already.
2: Has he got any ties to Tazzy?
0: No, but he's available as a Brisbane player because they get to poach one per team out of contract. So he's out of contract 2025. He's ready to go for 2026. Harris Andrews
1: and Alex Pierce. I love it already.
2: Interesting. Jake, what do you think about Harris Andrews? I think you've gone
1: two very similar players there. They're both quite tall, probably 200 centimetres, give or take, Um Alex Pierce is probably more of a lockdown defender than Harris Andrews. Harris is more of an intercept defender, but I just don't know. Like They've not been the most durable duo, so I think that that's not going to be helpful. But I think they both have good leadership qualities, so I may as well put him in there and see what he can do with the Alex Pierce and that around him.
0: I love it. I think he was All-Australian fullback at least a couple of times or centre-half back. So you bring
2: All-Australians
0: in, this team looks good already.
2: Beauty. All right, there you go. Tasmanian Timbers, three more players added. Um, we'll be up to five now. We'll hopefully, have another, we'll have a team filled by know, another few weeks' time.
0: Yeah, we can up it a little bit in a few weeks. Um, we'll just get a few ne- big names out, and then we'll
2: uh, fill in the gaps from there. All right, so we did kind of talk about Tim Taranto last week or the week before. Um, him potentially moving to Collingwood is what we kind of threw out there, but this uh, this week seven AFLs fake trade was in relation to Toronto. Now the first there was two trades again this week fake trades. First one was the Tigers receive Tim Toronto and the Giants receive Dusty Martin and a third rounder. Now what do you guys think about that?
0: I like him to Collingwood, so I hate everything about this trade. <laughs> but um, Giants receive Dusty Martin and a third rounder. Oh, I mean that's pretty solid to me maybe even a second rounder in Dustin Martin, but I don't hate that trade on paper.
1: I just don't know. Like Dustin Martin, everyone was talking last year that he might walk away from the game. What's the risk of him going up there and then potentially just walking out on the Giants? If I was a Giants fan and someone in the coaching staff and Dusty wasn't sold on coming up there, I don't think I'd be going after him.
2: I just get the vibe that Dusty is probably at a point now where he wants to mellow out a little bit. And I think gws is probably the place to lay a bit more low than it is in melbourne at richmond and stay out of the limelight a little bit more um i think this trade's probably one of the uh more fairer trades that they've done with the fake trades in the recent few weeks um i don't mind it at all on paper like same as craig but it would be interesting to see where dusty ends up next year um do you think he's gonna stay loyal to richmond or is he does he want to go and hiding somewhere else and just play the last few years out
1: I think he'll stay at the Tigers. I mean, they've done so much for him across his career. He's had so much success, I don't think he'll want to leave. I think he's gone. Packed his bags. Sydney or Giants, doesn't matter
0: who it is, but he's heading up there. There's just way too much chatter about it now to well, he not has, have any legs. He has
2: built quite a portfolio up in Sydney or New South Wales now as well, I think. so.
0: I think he likes the lifestyle, the beaches over there. Um, I think, yeah, he'll fit in just
2: fine. I think you'll see him in new colours next year. All right, so we're all really in agreement with that trade, but now next one. Essendon receive Tim Taranto and pick 42, and Giants receive pick three. What do we think, boys?
1: That's a no deal from uh, the Giants if I was them. I think Tim Taranto is a better player than the possible pick three pick that they get, so I just wait and see. And obviously you see what names are coming towards the end of the year. I know the scouts have probably been all over it, but... I think uh, pick three, potential of North Melbourne getting a compensation pick with how well they're going this year, that I think it's just not worth it. I just want to look at this trade. Now, this is slightly off topic, but
0: where are the Giants at? They brought over, supposedly, what is a Ferrari team and got smashed by Port Adelaide in what was just crap football on the weekend. Where are they at? Are they at? We starting to pick up new players and start all over again, or are they in a window? Because to me, pick three says we're rebuilding again, um, like they've been ongoing rebuild. But if you're getting a player back, then you're not an ongoing rebuild. But for me, I just think they're whatever they're missing. They're just not even around the mark this year. So pick three says we're rebuilding. Good deal to me.
2: Well, I mean, it's a good point you make about rebuild. They've already locked in a couple of their key key players for long term contracts. So you know that that could have been the plan: locking those locking those key. What was it Kelly signed for seven years or something like that? Was it? I think it was Kelly, and then I Kelly think and was on a a for another time. long. So they've locked down two two good players. Maybe that's the plan: lock them down and start to rebuild and get some youth in. But I still think that trade is unfair. I don't, oh, not unfair, but I think it's it's definitely outweighed um, at Essen's favor. He's, I think Toronto is worth more than pick three and a late pick.
1: Right. I think, as I said, as Craig was saying, the Giants. I think this year have. They came over on the weekend, and they were pretty average in front of Port Adelaide, but I think their side this year has had a lot of injuries. You had Whitfield out for a couple of games. Hopper hasn't played other than three or four games. Um, Obviously, Phil Davis all year, and again, his injury on the weekend, which is sad to see. Um, But there are quite a few players that they've missed this year, and obviously, Keneally has come back into form, which has been good for them, but... I just don't think they're ready for a rebuild. I think they've still got quite a good team. It's just a matter of uh, them sticking at it, but I don't think giving up Tim Taranto is going to help them. So they're 5-11 and 11 right now
0: GWS. How are they not in a rebuild phase? Because Adelaide, Hawthorne, West Coast, North Melbourne sit below them, and they're all about to be in a rebuild phase. So... Why at 5 and 11 are they that much so good that they can make finals next year? Their team is crap, let's be honest. Or their game plan's crap.
1: Which one is it? I think they've just had injuries this year, injuries compiled on top of everything else. I don't think it's really. Who's missing that's going to make their team so much better?
0: Because Sam Taylor's there, Himmelberg's there, Ricardis there. Their Ruckman has been a bit of an issue this year, but they've had one all the time. And they've had Cornelio Kelly. All these players in the midfield, I think they are the most overrated team in the
2: AFL. And Whitfield on the weekend, I didn't really see him at all. And I reckon he only got about 10 disposals for the whole game. And the ball, like, Port smashed them. He's he been racking up the disposals.
1: Hey, I agree. I thought he was pretty average too. Wouldn't have even known he was out there. If, well, when I was watching, I didn't even notice him out there. So I think he was definitely outplayed on the weekend, just didn't want to be a bar of it. But Craig's point of uh, no Ruckman... Obviously, Brody Grundy is trying to get... Collingwood are trying to get rid of him. Do you think Brody Grundy to GWS is an option, lads?
0: Oh, we did talk about this the other week. I like... If there was a third fake trade, it is Brody Grundy to GWS and Taranto to Collingwood. You just swap them over. That works for everyone, and I think that should be on the table anyway.
2: I think uh, Tim Taranto is going to be the equivalent of Rick and Bailey Smith. I think your 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 little love for Taranto, I think, has surfaced in the last few weeks with wanting him to get to Collingwood.
0: Yeah, I think he is definitely more than what we need than Brodie Grundy. So Brodie Grundy's value is still that high that that's a
1: straight swap for me. He's only 27, Grundy. Mm, this reminds me of a tr- uh, bet Craig and I made at the start of the year. Brodie Grundy was going 120 fantasy. I don't think that's happening this year, do
2: you? Yeah, we should revisit that uh, very soon because that is... Grundy has had a shocker. <laughs> we will talk about Grundy next week. <laughs>
0: That's All right, so uh, I've seen a lot of talk about the state of Origin, boys, um, bringing it back. It always is a topic that comes up. Um, but I have an idea that could potentially work in its place. Now, hear me out. There's the week between... It must be between week one and week two of the finals is that right or the end of the season and the finals um i have an idea that instead of state of origin we do a two-team all-star game now you're going to say that there are some players that are still playing in the finals but my plan is this there are teams in positions 9 to 18 we have a mini draft sort of a fantasy draft two captains and we pick the best players from teams 9 to 18, and they play off in a match. Now, this feels that by weekend, it doesn't impact any team in the finals, and it gives players a chance to represent in a more marquee game. So there are still quality players. You still have all the Bulldogs players, currently, if we did it now, St Kilda's players, so Max King's in there. Um, Gold Coast Suns, you'd have all of their players, so their young midfielders come in. Um, Port Adelaide, Ollie Wines, Boak. Um, And the list goes on. GWS, there's still enough quality players there to make two teams of 36 or 40 um, or 40 players in total and have a real good game um, that fills in that gap weekend. Um, Alternative to State of Origin, I think it has some merit because no team's going to say no because it's the end of the season. Like, There's nothing um, really that could go wrong and it gives them a chance to show their players. What do you think of that, having never heard it before?
2: I don't mind the idea. What... When do they do those um, charity rounds?
0: Um, there's like a Maddie's match
2: in the middle and things like that. Um, that doesn't coincide with that?
0: No, it doesn't coincide with that. Yeah. There's that weekend that mm-hmm. they just have the pre finals by, which everyone hates, but let's fill it with a game. And State of Origin, you'd probably want players from the top eight teams, but this doesn't require any players from that team.
2: Yeah, I like it. How would you, how and where would you play it?
0: Uh, I mean, it can be at MCG, it can be at Marvel. Um, it's got to be there, that's the home of football and you're probably going to get most of the players from those teams um, because there'll be, give or take, five teams at least from Melbourne. Um, It can move around, whoever wants to host it, but first year I'd play it there. Um, You have your two captains and you pick your best players in like a little fantasy draft and uh, those teams, before they finish up for the year, they get one uh, last player. One last chance, sorry, to uh, have their players represent on the big stage. I think the players would love it. The fans would love it. I think it's got potential.
1: I don't know how willing clubs would be to actually put some of their players forward if they're coming off long-term injuries or, like, let's say, a recent injury and they want to send them off to have surgery early, getting ready for next season. I don't think there'd be some clubs that want some of their best players, let's say. Let's say it was, as a free supporter, a Nat Fife. And he is going in for shoulder or back surgery. I don't think I'd want him to wait an extra week. That's a week that we might miss the next season. So there might be teams like that that are
0: really against it. This is always going to be an argument for State of Origin, whether clubs want to put their players up. This is taken out of the club's hands. You're not playing finals this year, so you literally have an extra four weeks, five weeks off. This gives players one last chance. It's one extra week on the end of the year, and it gives your chance to see some of the better players that didn't make the finals so I think clubs can get fucked as far as I'm concerned because I'm sick of them not putting their players up if the players want to play you're not in the finals suck it up your team was shit during the year this is why your players are there if your players if your team wasn't shit you'd be in the finals and your players won't be in this match so this doesn't hurt anyone it only hurts what doesn't hurt anyone it's just those clubs that are they can't argue that we're building for a premiership, blah, blah, blah. You're not in the finals, so you're not building till next year. It's five days, seven days after the season ends. It's not that big a deal. If players are fit and they're willing to put their hand up, they can be selected. Like Players can nominate even to be a part of the match and then their teams can be picked from the pool. Like There's ways around it and there should be no hoo-ha, let the players decide if they want to play in the match. And I'm sure they'd love to have a kick with some mates.
2: I like the idea. I think it's a good idea. I think uh, you'd also probably draw some pretty good crowds too with getting all those marquee players from all the teams. Oh, like you said, there's still plenty plenty of talent in the in the bottom eight um, to pick from to make a good side. And it, to make a good two sides, really, like you said, to to battle it out, I think it'd be good. I think you'd get a good crowd, good marquee players there, a good day out. You could even make it like a charity event as well.
1: Yeah, I don't mind. Like I like the idea and the premise. It's just about getting all the clubs on board. I think if... Probably if we could incentivize the clubs by giving a bit of kickback from the crowds, I guess, or some of the the broadcast rights, they might be more willing. But I guess it's just one of those things that until someone with a bit of authority comes out and actually does it, it's just going to be an idea in our heads and we'll have to wait and see and hopefully something like that happens
0: well it seems like everyone's listening to our podcast because when we break news here or when we have a suggestion it comes up a week later so all those radio stations i expect to hear it probably next week somewhere this idea that was thought up by someone else but um yeah this is bottom 10 teams best players one week only let's
1: see it happen
2: once again you heard it here first on the footy face podcast
1: Alright, so I'm here to talk about Fremantle tonight, I am up and about, the Dockers are currently sitting equal top of the ladder, they have beaten the 7 of the top 8 teams in recent weeks, so I think they are right on the right charge, they have won, or they've got a mentality at the moment that is anyone, anywhere, so obviously beating Melbourne at the MCG, beating over here in Adelaide um they've just got everything even Geelong down in uh, GMHBA or whatever you call it these days um the Dockers themselves are absolutely dominating in recent weeks or over the season compared to last season they are number one in pressure factor so putting tackling hard putting the defensive pressure on uh scores from turnovers they're number three overall and then scores per inside 50 having a healthy back line this year They've actually ranked number one with only 37.5% of the entries the clubs are getting. They actually get scored against, so they are sitting pretty. What do you guys think of the Dockers this year? Are they going to win the flag, or do they have a chance in winning the flag?
2: I I like the I like watching the Dockers this year. I think they're exciting to watch. It's I I haven't watched the Frio game that I've been hesitant about. I think they look really good. They look like they're just dominating. They look like they're not even really... They're just running at 80% out of the ballpark, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, but I, I really like them, and I definitely think that they're uh, a massive contender for the flag this year.
0: Uh, I also have enjoyed watching the Frio games, even on a Sunday night. Um, I see them at 750 odds, third in betting for the flag, behind Geelong at four and Melbourne at 325. I think that is free money for anyone who wants to take a stab at it seven dollars for arguably the best team in the competition right now um yeah if they can win away which they've proven they can i see good things fife only is going to help two-time brownland medalist he's now starting to get the ball um forward lines solid as long as everyone stays injury free midfield's ticking
1: back line is humming flag mental. i hear jake say a lot that's it. It feels a lot like 2013 in here, just with uh, hopefully one more game this year. But they've definitely got the Purple Haze up and about. A lot more speed in the forward half. The likes of Frederick, Schultz, and then re-signing uh, Sam Swotowski this week. So that's a good get for us in continuing on with that. And then obviously having our backline set with Brennan Cox, Luke Ryan, Alex Pierce. even who didn't play on the weekend, still dominated and the team dominated against Max King. So... I think we are feeling and looking very good for 2022. Get around it, Dockers fans. Let's
0: uh just before we finish off, I just want to get your thoughts on a few players. Um, just try and sum it up in a in a couple of words or a sentence. Go on. Uh, Will Brody, what's
1: your thoughts on him this year? Best recruit to a club this year. Number one for contested ball, I think, this year. So he's definitely the Fremantle's. Inside engine and gets it out to the likes of, oh, hopefully now Fife, your Mundies, and your yeah, wingers that are dominating as well. All right. What about uh, Caleb Sarong, former Rising Star winner? Just a beast of a man, a little man that just loves the pressure, loves to get in, put his head over the ball. Okay. Uh, Hayden Young. Aiden Young, he looked a little bit lost in the previous years, but this year he's really held his own. I think having the players around him learning from the likes of uh, Luke Ryan, I think he's really come into his own. And having Alex Pierce there as well has helped him to just fly for the ball.
0: And uh, maybe one more, we'll say uh, Jordan Clark, who also was recruited this year and I think goes under
1: the radar that he was recruited. He was recruited, and he was a very good get. I think he was a first-round draft pick by Geelong a couple of years back. Geelong couldn't get into the Geelong team. I know it was a good team over those years, but looks like we've managed to steal one there as well as Will Brody. So we are quite happy taking him off clubs that don't want him, even with Blake Akers as well, similar players. We've just gone and rebuilt a team around these people that no one wanted.
2: How many players did you just say that? Was it four or five? I said four. Because I reckon I counted about three of those players in Jake's fantasy team.
0: Oh, yeah. interesting. Um, Jake's you, got, fantasy... you got Young, don't you? I have
2: you Young. You got Will Brody? No, I didn't. Oh, no, have you had Will Brody. No, I didn't. Oh. Never had Brody. My mistake. And Jordan Clark you picked I up, didn't you? I do have yeah, Jordan Clark. so at Clark. least two of them.
0: Yeah, Jake uh, has a few it. free metal players in his team, and I guess that's why he's sitting up the pointy end of the ladder. Also have Brayshaw.
2: Which we talked about uh, Brayshaw. Li- no, we mentioned Brayshaw last week, him being the was the second highest fantasy averager now he's taken over layer this week
0: yeah well um he goes big um we got a fantasy bit of stuff coming up at the end but um brayshaw goes big and you don't want to verse anyone with brayshaw because one week he could get 102 and the next week he could get 160 so
2: especially if they got the c on him you you basically toast if he's going going big
0: yeah he uh is uh, someone i don't like playing against i'm not gonna lie (laughs)
2: Another big topic in the media this week, uh, Noble sucked. who is going to be the next Northern Melbourne coach. There's been a lot of chatter about it during the week. Uh, so we're going to quickly have a bit of a discussion. I've got um, four coaches' names here who are the uh, sports bets, highest odds for the next coach. So we'll start off. Alistair Clarkson at 350. What do we think?
0: Okay. Now I'm going to slightly digress again, but I'll make it quick. Alistair Clarkson, yes for North Melbourne. I see him in a two-year role, similar to how Paul Ruse came in for Melbourne. Does those two years, and then you have your Uze or Hanson or whoever take over. And then Alistair Clarkson, 2025, uses that year to recruit for Tasmania and becomes the 2026 coach of the Timbers. I wasn't going to reveal this yet, but hey, it all fits in with the North Melbourne plan. Clarkson for two years, sets him on the right path. He nicks off to Tasmania. Someone else comes in, so I think pretty good get if they can. Before we before
2: we jump in there, Jake, we're gonna say it again. You heard it first on the Footy Feast podcast. That's it. Journalists, don't forget to give us a plug, please. Yeah. Um, Jake, what do you think about Alistair Clarkson? See, I
1: think he is the one that could turn North Melbourne around quickly. He'll have a game he'll have a game plan that the players will buy into, the club will buy into, and he will actually set them up with a nice defense, similar to what Melbourne's done, as Craig said with Paul Roos. I think he is going to be the man that they would love to get, whether they get him. That's the big question. I, I don't know if they'll get him, but I think that's who they need to get, someone like that.
2: Okay, the next one, paying $5 at the moment, is Lee Adams. What do we reckon about Lee Adams? I
0: don't know much about him as a, um, as a coach. I know that he was a, a decent enough player, but um, yeah, untried coaches are a no for me in North Melbourne. Um, no, save you
2: $5. Agreed. Jake?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think they'll put him in as an interim. He'll go, he might do a bit better, but only because it's something different for the players. But I don't see him actually holding the spot. I think it's too new too new and too fresh for him.
2: All right, next one. He's paying $5 as well. Now, I heard uh, on the radio this week from somebody who said that they reckon it is a guarantee that he will be the coach of North, next coach in North Melbourne, and it's Ross Lyon.
1: Don't see it happening. I don't see Ross coming out to do that. I think he's enjoying the media. He doesn't, I don't think he really wants to be back in charge of a club. I think he just enjoys it. They'll obviously ask the question, but I don't think he is the man that they need. I think Ross goes to a team that's already got some quality players, not a young list, and he makes them better. He brings out the best in some players that are a little bit older and been in the system a bit longer, so refreshes some of the older players not so much rebuild the team.
0: Ross Lyon is a yes for me. I agree with Jake's points. He is a, a great finisher coach, but I think they need someone who can sit in there and take the punches, and he's the one that can front up every week and take the punches while they get through the rebuild. He's experienced. He's made clubs better. Um, he's come close to the ultimate success on multiple occasions. I think if he's available and he says yes, good
2: enough for me. Yeah, good point there. All right, Um, next one. Last one, Adam Simpson, $7.00. See, I
1: I thought about Adam Simpson, but I think the West Coast Eagles have come out and said that they or he's they want him to stay, so I don't see him breaking his contract to go there. I think his family's over in uh, Western Australia, so I reckon he'd stay there if he had the opportunity. He's still doing exactly the same thing that probably North Melbourne are, so what's the difference in moving from one club to another where you're going to be in a similar position?
0: We're going to buck the trend again. Adam Simpson should be the number one target if Clarkson doesn't agree to my awesome plan he's a North Melbourne legend 300 gamer captain they need someone who's been there done it all he would be the number one option throw everything at him he's the guy and he's proven it he's won the grand final so he can coach and he can coach a team up from being low to the top um He's perfect for the
1: role. Absolutely perfect. No, nah, North Melbourne needs someone, a fresh face around the club that hasn't been there. I know he's been through the success with them, but they need someone completely different. And it needs to be someone that's strong enough to do a complete overhaul of the club. Why is he not that person? I just don't think. I think he can come into a team, but I don't think he's going to do similar to what like a Paul, Ru- Paul Ruse has done, where he went through and fixed the whole club from top to bottom. I don't think Adam Simpson's got that capacity at the moment. He might develop into it, but I just think that he is playing, Or his playing days were good. His coaching success so far has been pretty good. He's had a pretty good side that he got brought into, but I just don't see that he's going to be the one to rebuild a club. I mean, look at the way the West Coast Eagles have had their own off-field issues in recent years, and this year, what makes it any different to going to North Melbourne where they already have some of those issues?
0: I think he's handled him pretty well. This is the worst the West Coast has been in recent times. Um, and while he has struggled with the, what did we have? We had the hub saga he didn't do well in. Um, and then we had the drug saga with, um, what's his face? Willie Rioli? Or was that was, he, the, he was. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, that was. That uh, was that drug saga. He's weathered some storms. Mm-hmm. Um, he's experienced, he's taken West Coast from being a non finalist to finalist every year including the flag, um, seven and five coaching record in finals, 66% win record in the season. I'm happy
2: with him and my team if I'm North Melbourne. The, um, there was talk, I don't know if you guys heard Noble's press conference uh, when he spoke after the decision was made, but he was saying, uh, apparently there, is, there was a lot of resentment bet- uh, between the older playing group and the coach. Obviously they're in a rebuild stage. Obviously the older players want a, want a now solution. Who do you think out of those four coaches we've just talked about is the best suit to deal with that issue?
1: I'd say it's someone that's never been around the club. That's where I'll probably say someone like a Ross Lyon, as Craig mentioned, having someone that can take the punches that are coming obviously in that direction and he's got to cop it from everywhere within the club, outside of the club. I think he's someone that can do that if that's what they're going for, but I think that's a short-term fix. Whereas someone like an Alistair Clarkson probably is that long-term one that can cop it, but he can also rebuild a list. If you can't get Alex, Alistair Clarkson
0: for two years, then Adam Simpson is your man. He bleeds North Melbourne. They need someone who will bleed for this club.
2: Rick's away this week, so he gets a hall pass on uh, the quiz. Did you say Rick has a hall pass? That's amazing. <laughs> he would. Sam. On, on the quiz. Hall pass on
0: the quiz. Sam, you heard it first from Peter. Rick apparently has a hall pass. Did you authorise that? Ring in and tell us.
2: <laughs> okay, all right. Jake knows how it works. Buzzing with your name. We're just gonna kick it off straight away with question one. Question one is the easiest question of the quiz, so we're gonna kick it off. Who kicked the winning goal for Gold Coast on the weekend? Jake buzz in first.
1: Noah Anderson. Correct. All Ooh. right. Now,
2: can we? I wonder if we can get a, a win here for Jake because Craig hasn't lost yet. I don't know everyone thinks a little bit biased, but let's uh, let's see if we can knock Craig off this week. Question two. Who were the three players to win the Brownlow in 2003?
0: Craig, Adam Goods, Mark Rusciuto,
2: Nathan Buckley. Correct. One apiece. Buck, All right. Yeah. <clears throat> Lucky. Oh, this is already going better than the, the last couple of quizzes. It's That's because yeah. you're
0: answering fantasy shit. <laughs> Rick loves that, and I fucking don't look at fantasy 24-7. I run the league.
2: Okay, now... <laughs> question three now i put this question in because i know both of you guys like team songs this is a team song question in which afl team song would you find the following line if we're behind then never mind craig brisbane lions wrong incorrect over to jake Jake. is it the tigers it is the Tigers. Yo, what? <laughs> it is Tigerland. Yep.
1: Well done. I had no idea because I fucking hate Rich. I, I, <laughs> I've <laughs> heard it enough less. in recent years. I don't really enjoy it, but it stuck with me that line.
2: All right. So two one to Jake. Oh, Craig. I can see Craig visualizing Jake and Craig just going over the lyrics. There. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, yeah? All right. Uh, so two two one to Jake. Question four. So this is this is one question. However, there is going to be a bonus mm-hmm. point at the end of it as well, all right? Okay. In awesome. which year did the VFL change to the AFL? Okay. 1995. Incorrect. Over to Jake. I'll oh. let I'll let Jake have a guess and then I'll I'll let you guys know if you're in the ballpark. So was it from the AF the VFL? So to from the AF- v- in what year did they change from the VFL and branded it to the AFL? I'm going to say 1991. Incorrect both. However, it is in the '90s decade, so you're on you're on the park ballpark.
0: I'm just trying to think because West Coast Fremantle came in at 95, Horde at 97, Crows 92 for the Crows.
2: So. Yeah, that's about right. It was either 91 or 92 they came in?
0: 1990,
2: correct. Now, mm. so yeah, 1990 they changed the VFL to the AFL. Now, bonus point if you can tell me who won the flag that Craig year. Craig Collingwood. That's a
1: stitch-up question. He's a Collingwood supporter. This is unfair.
2: <laughs> All right, well, what's that? Uh, that was two, three, two to Craig now. That is correct. So question five might take us to a decider, but everyone knows we always do the decider anyway. So We do. That's what I love about this <laughs> quiz. We make it up no, as one. we go. This is okay, really... question five, player question.
0: Is this the one where you give us a, a who am sure. I? And no, we... no, different. Than this oh, is a... oh, I like that right, one.
2: In the last oh. decade, which player has recorded the highest amount of disposals in one single game. Jake.
1: What's the last decade? Gary Ablett.
0: Jr. Correct. Craig. He has a snout on him. He is called Tom Mitchell.
2: That is correct. Uh was that? Four two? Two to Craig. Fifty-four? No, 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 no. Damn it. <laughs> Did I just yeah, get that right? It, or, that was a bonus question, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. But I, was, I was making up on the spot. And I was going to give a bonus question to Jake, but um, I don't know.
0: Didn't need to. Craig knows his shit. All
2: right, give him that bonus point because it doesn't two matter. 4-2 to, Craig, to, Craig. No, to Yeah, because I gave a bonus point. 4-2 to Craig. <laughs> this question is worth three points.
1: Ooh. That's
2: you what I love about that? this quiz. Everyone, you eat it till the end. You wish you got that bonus point now. All right. Now, I'm not going to say anything about this question. But I'm just gonna, I'm gonna you read have it to out. read it out. But, no, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not gonna give any clues because. You, but I'm just. Are you higher, lowering? What? What? No, the format only clue is are we going? guys are gonna have to be quick on the buzzer. Okay.
0: Right. Buzz. Jake's notoriously quick in all facets.
2: <laughs> Decided question: Who kicked the first goal in the 2013 Grand Final? Jake.
1: Um, Tendai Mazungu. Craig. Agreed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Correct. All right, well, there you go. Rick goes away for one week and Craig loses a quiz. So the common factor is Rick. Rick can't win a quiz. Something. No. Fantasy, he has no um, idea. We said it. Uh, so, yeah, congratulations, Jake. Won Thank the you. quiz. Knock Craig off the off the ladder. So, like I said, Rick's away this week. Rick has sent in uh, something for us to talk about. Now, first one. Oh, is this his Would You no. Rather? No, not would you rather. Oh. It's, a, it's only a very, uh, very short uh, topic to talk about. Now, for those been following the last few weeks, we have mentioned one player in our fantasy league mm. that has lost every single game. Rick wanted to make a point and shout out to Will this week. Um, he got his first W of the league, and it just so happened to be against. Wait, Drake. we'll
0: ask Jake. <laughs> All
2: right, like we said, Rick's away this week. Um, he's sent in a couple of topics for us to talk about. Well, one topic really, but but another another point he's sent in is um, that for those who've been listening uh, to the podcast for the last few weeks, we have mentioned that one of our fantasy teams in our league uh, hasn't lost, uh, so hasn't won a game all year. Uh, he won his first game this week, and Rick wants to make a very hard point that it was against Craig. Um, so shout out to Will from our league, aka Bring Back the Bar. Got his first win and against Craig, um, an ex Premier slash where he won the you Premier and got to the final the next year. Yeah, Premier so runner up.
0: Will knocked him off. Well done to you, Will. Um, my team is pretty average right now, but that is okay because, as we all know, it will soon have Will Ashcroft I leading it
1: in front.
2: He also beat you by like over hundred points or something as well, didn't he? Yeah, I
0: made fifteen hundred, but just.
1: Will would be a very happy man this week. Got a photo with Kendall Sanders at the AFL as well. Man in a Kendall Sanders outfit. So he's a very happy man this week. A win and a photo.
0: That is very true. He is a passionate supporter of bringing back the prison bars for Port Adelaide. Um, If you ever see someone out at a Port game very passionately telling you to
2: uh, join his cause, it's probably Will. We've got uh, someone on the phone here. Rick, how are we going? This is bullshit. You're uh, on the podcast. We've just I've uh, just mentioned that uh, Craig lost against Will this week. We've given a shout out to Will, so I just wanted to ring you so you can tell Craig yourself. Yeah, shout out, congratulations, Will. Proven that he's not actually in the league, but uh, you're only as good as your last game. So Craig's worst team in the league now. Worst team in the league, you reckon? Well, you're only as good as your last game, and he just lost to the guy that's. Uh, One in 11
0: now, so yeah. What do you reckon of that, Craig? No comment, just sent to Franklin. We'll comment further um, in the future on the status of the Wolf Pack.
2: (laughs) All right. Uh, Thanks, Rick. Uh, We'll let you enjoy your holiday. All right. Cheers, brother. (laughs) See you, mate. See you, Rick. Enjoy your Hall Pass. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, Rick. Uh, He does have a Hall Pass, doesn't he? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I heard Sam in the background, so not much of a hall pass. I <laughs> mean, you? unless it wasn't. Yeah, was it Sam?
0: <laughs> we will stay tuned next week. We will find out. Did Rick actually have a hall pass?
2: Rick may have some explaining to do. All right, now the other topic that... Uh, well, the only topic that Rick sent in, uh, of course, you can probably guess it is Bailey Smith related. Are you serious? He is back tomorrow. Is he
0: really? Rick says
2: that he is... Um, <laughs> Going to get 100-plus tomorrow back in his first game for fantasy-wise. So what are you guys' thoughts on that? Who are they even playing? Oh, i about
1: to look <clears> at <that up throat> a good, that thing good now. Question. Give uh, it a second. Just running off the cuff here a little bit.
2: Bulldogs
0: so. versus St. Kilda at Marvel. No. Um, I would think at Marvel it's probably one of his better, better I guess, playing grounds um, under the roof. Uh, I can't even see the teams. Are they even out they yet? They
1: haven't put him out yet, but they've said on AFL.com that they'll put him straight into the team. He'll come straight back in. So I think that's where Rick's getting his mail, but I can see him going hundred plus only because the Saints, we saw what happened last week with the Dockers doing the same. Their midfield got on top of them and really put him to the sword. And the Bulldogs we know like to share the ball around. I think he'll get a hundred as well.
0: Yeah, I could see a 99 from Bailey Smith tomorrow, <laughs> I reckon. Um, good players get hundreds, average players get 99, so I think he'll be right on that precipice and not quite get over the line.
2: All right, so closely related, Uh, that's kind of fantasy related, so we're going to move on to some fantasy talk. Um, Now, we've got Jake here with us this week, so obviously we can do a uh rebuild section. We don't have to get our mail sent in to us from uh, Jake because he's here, but uh, we did talk about, well, we've, we do mention Jack Graham a lot because Jake, uh, sorry, Craig doesn't like him. Because um, he's shit but so it just gave me an idea what we're going to do. I'm just, I've uh, got a list of all the players we've said in our rebuild section and I've got their um, last five game average. So I'm going to go through the players um, and we can just have a, we'll have a discussion about them. Let's do it. All right. So first of all, like we said, Jack Graham, last five game average is 82. Now he scored 82 this weekend, but got yeah. eight tackles. So that you take that 32 points off. Of those eight tackles, it's a, that's a 50-point game if he can't get them tackles. He only had 15 dis- or He had fifteen disposals. Um, does that change your mind at all about Jack Graham, Craig?
0: No, the only way he gets points is through tackles, and he doesn't do it every week. You can't rely on 15 disposals to make you a good fantasy player. He needs to get 25 touches as a starting midfielder at the Tigers and then tackles on top. 15 is not going to get it done every week. Not good enough for me.
1: Pass on Jack Graham still. Still coming off injuries this year. Back him in. Oh, the he's injured
0: term. all fucking year then, you're saying? He's had, what, six
1: weeks, seven weeks in a row? You can't what, understand. he's played the whole season? No, he hasn't had a hip injury at the start of the year.
2: No, he he's played a fair chunk of this season. I'm just going to bring him
1: up. I'm going to bring him up too
0: because I'm it. not taking this crap about Jack Graham, Jake. Uh, Jack
2: Graham has played 15 games this season. Out of
0: 16. Out of 17. 17? Out of
1: 17. <laughs> he's missed two. Yeah. 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 What's his excuse then? He came off a hindri- hip injury leading into the season. Hip injury. He didn't have any On preseason, his- so he's really building into his season. Now you'll see that in the previous couple of weeks, his scores were quite higher, averaging probably just over or just under 100. And now
2: he's. Is- His his last five-game average is 82, however, you got 82 on the weekend, 70 the week before that, and 67 in round 15, then coming off three games in a row, just under 100. So his form has dropped in the last three weeks.
1: And does that coincided with Richmond playing well, or maybe Dustin Martin being back? There's probably a few influences, but once, as we spoke about earlier in this podcast, uh... If Dusty Martin leaves next year, guess who's probably going to go on the ball a bit more? Mr. Jack Graham. So I think this is why it's a long-term prospect, not a one-season wonder like you're thinking of, like a Bailey Smith.
2: (laughs) All right, fair enough. Um, Moving on from Jack Graham. The next one, uh, well, the next person we said was um, Hopper, but he hasn't returned from uh, injury yet, so we can't really talk about him. Next is Charlie Spargo. I don't have too much... On him, but his last five game average fifty four point eight, so still quite low. Hasn't really um, gotten really amongst fantasy wise. But Jake, what do you reckon about your mail earlier about Spargo?
1: I still like Spargo again. This is long term burns, so these guys are going to be good across a few or in a few seasons time, not just right now. So this is if you are rebuilding a team, not just trying to go for a victory tomorrow. So. I'd still say hold him. He's going to get plenty of the ball. He's going to keep working up and down the wings. He'll push forward into the midfield and on the wings a bit more as seasons go on. So I'm still saying hold.
2: Gray, what do you think of Spargo?
1: I'm still looking at Jack Graham. <laughs> I
0: don't, I'm trying to understand. How... So
2: filthy about Jack Graham.
0: Uh, round 15, 67 points, one tackle. Round 16, 70 points, freaking four tackles. Round 17, eight tackles, 82 points. He is so shit. He's got 100 all year and he played 11 games in a row to start the season. He also had a 59, a 55, a 53 in there. I don't understand that anyone can say that you want to
1: get Jack Graham in his team. It's the same as a Ford. If you go out there and say... Oh, yeah, yeah, but you what if just... he's not a Ford next no, year? No, but I'm saying you go out there and pick up Max King. If he doesn't kick goals. Guess what? He's not going to get fantasy points either. Yeah, yes, you but you're talking
0: about a midfielder yeah, but you here. expect that from a Ford? I, I do expect goals. Max King to be right. up and
1: down depending on goals. I don't expect Jack Graham to be... He's a centre forward. He's going to have weeks for up and down. There's not many small forwards or half-forward flankers that are averaging over 100.
0: Okay, let's put a bet in right now. Okay. What does Jack like Graham it. average next year as a midfielder? if As a pure midfielder? As a starting midfielder in this team, which you're saying he should be next year. He's 25, so he better hurry Especially up. if
2: Dusty goes, like you said. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he's 25, Coaching out, him out, Martin out. He goes in, he's 25. He's not going to do it now. He's never going to do it. He'll go over 95 next year. Over 95? Average 95 over a whole season. Okay, in if he season. starts the season... As a midfielder and plays as a midfielder, 95 average. I'm saying he's under 90 comfortably. Okay, then. All right. Seems
1: like we have our bet.
0: We do. I don't know what's on the line.
1: We'll figure that out over the year, but we'll keep the listeners up to date with the what it's over but for now 95 plus Jake Great can have under 95 I guess because otherwise
0: we're going to fly nah, and... under 90 you won't go near 95 So what happens if need put five, that in the same 5,
2: five point buffer there for he, Jake he won't right, Jake I'll take the...
0: that 5 point buffer done he's Thanks crap uh,
2: Charlie Spargo
0: pass for me 2 up and down at the moment
2: yeah fair enough now the next one we mentioned uh, by far is probably the best prospect out of all the rebuilds we said Tom Atkins now his last 5 games He's averaged 92.4. Last two rounds, 102, and the most recent round, 110. And last week, he got 110 and played 69% game time. So, I mean, I'm not sure what you, more you can ask for that. Like Just like you said, Jake.
1: That's what I said. He is in a similar position to where a Jack Graham would be. He has been pushed into the midfield more effectively, He's playing with better people around him. He's just one of those players that has now, I think this week got DPP. You would want to get him in. If you can get him while I said it, it was a lot cheaper. Now it's probably gone up in value. You'd probably be asking a second or third now. I think I had it around a fourth or a fifth last time. So if you've got him, congratulations. If not,
0: might be a bit late to get him now. Snooze you lose on Tom Atkins.
2: I like him a lot. Good call, Jake. Uh, Next was Archie Perkins. He hasn't played the last two weeks, he's currently injured, but his last five game average is sitting just under 70.
1: Well, as you said, he had an injury, I don't know if that was during the game, so his fantasy scores might have been impacted a bit there. So his last five his last game he might have only got uh, it
2: wasn't it wasn't low like super low but it, yeah did. A bit lower. his game time was a little bit less but not not significantly mm. low where it was a blowout so
1: but again this is long term prospects I think he's just looking at him giving the eye test he looks like he's got something the Essendon really need that little bit of burst and away from the stoppage type play so inside outside game I think he will be a good prospect long into the future I had him drafted him traded him
0: I love him. If I could get him back, I see high hopes on him. He's uh, yep. So yes for me.
2: Uh, next one was Jack Carroll. Uh, has only played five games this year and is averaging 53. Hey. So there's not a lot to go on this season. But probably if I had to say out of all of them, apart from Hop, who hasn't played, but the worst averaging player yet out of this rebuild segment.
1: That's okay. I'm happy to take that on board. It's again the eye test. Only five games. It's hard to actually give a lot and get a lot of data on him, but he first burst onto the scene. I think averaged, or oh, well, got a 60 in his first game and then obviously only playing five games. He's only going to develop. These players you need to keep for the long term.
0: Small forward for me and I, no, I'm i off Carroll. I'd rather be on the Cottrell bandwagon personally from Carlton. I think he's got more to offer.
2: Next, uh, Riley West. Last five game average, 72.4. Got 114 points in round 15. So his ceiling's up there. He's averaging 72. However, that is skewed a little bit due to that 114, um, but still pretty uh, reasonable.
1: I think he's one that if the dogs are playing well, he will go well. So obviously if the ball's in their forward half, he's playing as a small forward at the moment, but he's a son of a bulldog gun. He knew how to find the ball. I think he is one that will get you probably an 80 plus going ahead.
0: Uh, passes the smell test for me. I'm happy with Riley West to uh, target as a forward.
2: All right, the last one we had was Dylan Stevens again, similar to Carroll. He's only played six games this season, so not long to not a lot to go off. But his last five game average is 61.
0: I'm gonna start on Dylan Stevens. I think he is up for trade at the end of the year. I don't think he's getting enough game time in Sydney, and I think others have gone past him probably. So if he wants to come home to SA. He might have some Jordan Dawson like uh not that good but a bit of a resurgence in a in a team in his
1: home state. And that's exactly right he's coming out of contract. I think there's other clubs that can look at him you never know North Melbourne might look at him and be he could go be the number one midfielder at North Melbourne or one of their starting mids so he's one that you can get really cheap and he's probably going to go quite well going forward.
0: So you hold him, he's a keeper for you,
1: if He'd you be, had him? If I had him, I'd keep him. Mm-hmm. Seeing what he does at the end of the season, obviously, come trade periods and things like that, you'll hear a bit more. His name might get floated a bit more, but he's definitely in an AFL side. It's just where which club gets him.
0: Fair enough. Very happy with that. Okay, so we're going to do the rebuild segment now, Jake. Now that Peter's uh, gone through what Jake has done, Jake's got a couple more for us quickly to uh,
1: look at for the rebuilding teams. Jake. Alrighty, so I finally get to do it myself this week, and it's uh, nice to actually have my say and actually get all of my points across, not just the ones that they pick and choose. Oh, you better have good points then this week. Uh, These better be stars if uh, you're coming in person. Hey, we're not going stars, we're just going the people that have the potential to develop into really good fantasy players in the coming years. Alright, my first one is a Ruckman. He is going to play under... Uh, current star but with a lot of talk at this that the star is potentially going home or potentially wanting a move home it is one Jordan Sweet from the Bulldogs there's been a lot of hype about him at the start of the season when people were unsure on Tim English but Jordan Sweet is 24 years old and he's only played six games across the season but when he plays he is probably their number one tap ruckman he has averaged about twenty five hitouts per game across the games he's played. He loves a tackle. He's averaged four point four tackles a game and still only on the ground seventy five percent of the time. So I think he is one that you could get. And in the future, Rockman is a hard person to find. He might be a good one to hold. What's the uh, value on a Jordan Sweet if you someone else has him in the league? If someone has someone else has him in the league, I would say. At the moment, you could probably get him quite cheap, probably a sixth or seventh rounder. I wouldn't be paying too much overs than that, but I think he is going to be one that it might take two two seasons, but he will then become, if not at the Bulldogs, potentially another club might come and get him off them.
0: Yeah, so he's only owned by thirty eight percent of uh, people in leagues. So sixty No, wait, yeah, sixty two percent of leagues. You have the chance to just pick him up without even trading. So bargain. Right. Who's he's, next?
2: He's dropped down sixteen. almost 70% ownership in the last seven days. 247 people have dropped him. So he is definitely out there on the wire.
1: All right. So my next one is a young defender from the Bulldogs. He's still only 22 years old. Everyone has probably heard of his name, and he's probably been well-known when he first came onto the fantasy scene. I know he was in a fantasy classic, and that is one, Brandon Stasevich. You mean from Brisbane? That's what I said, didn't I? You said the Bulldogs. Yeah, the Bulldogs. Oh, I apologize, people. It is the Brisbane Lions. Obviously, still had Jordan Sweet on my mind. Okay, tell us about him. All right, so Brandon Stasovic over the last five weeks, has averaged 85.5. It helped with a 111-point game on the weekend just gone, but as a small defender, running defender, he is doing quite well. Obviously, our league, we have spoils on, which probably helps him a little bit. He's only averaging 1.8 a game for those, but... Every point counts, but he enjoys a mark, and he loves to kick the ball. He only ever really kicks, so 12.1 kicks per game compared to 3.5 handballs, so he doesn't mind a kick, and he doesn't mind a mark. Averages four and a half. I could see him potentially playing a similar role to maybe one Tom Stewart at Geelong, and I put his worth probably, probably around a fourth or fifth round pick at the moment. He's still 22, and he's still got a large upside.
2: And unlike Jack Graham, Craig, he uh, he got 111 on the weekend. However, he had five tackles, but 21 kicks so there, and uh, five handles. There so you got 26 disposals. So like you said, that's basically what Jack Graham should be doing.
0: Yeah, that's where he gets his points from, disposals and marks. I like them a lot more than I do tackles. Um, and as we were talking about before, has jumped 17% in ownership. So if he's on the
1: way get him quick. Any more, Jake? All right, so I have one more for you. This one is digging a little bit deeper and a little bit out of left field, mm-hmm. and it probably helps with our league. That is Brandon Zach Thatcher. I know it's a mouthful to get out there, but the hyphen name again comes through. Um, he is 23-year-old Backman from Essendon. He is very skinny, but he plays the game quite well. He's averaged over the last five rounds 92.5. He's only played two of those games. So in the last two rounds, he's gone 97 and 88. He enjoys, again, that intercept mark. He's had averaging 5.2 this year, averaging about seven kicks. But his spoils in our league are what gets him an extra 10 points. So he's had averaging five a game and he's only played six games this year. So he is one that you'd probably get off the waiver wire, I think. I think he'd be sliding under the radar, but without the Essendon defenders there, he is one that you can get. He's will play a bit undersized, but can be that float off as well.
2: Yeah, well he's only owned by 30% of people, so yeah. 70% of the leagues out there, he's on your waiver wire.
0: And he jumped 24% this week, so yeah. he's literally owned by 6% of teams, so yeah.
1: you're right on the money, Jake, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely one deep in the waiver that you might be able to get for next to nothing with all these injured players coming out recently. He might be the one that you can grab and hold potentially in your keeper leagues.
2: All right, well, that's mostly it, fantasy talk-wise. Before we move on, just Jake and I are in the finals. Craig didn't make it. So, Craig, who in your eyes in our league at the moment is odds-on favourite for the flag? Uh,
0: Looking at everything as I see it now... um, The safe money is on Peter's team, although he had a real shit week this week, which makes me feel a little less confident. Uh, Safe money is on Peter and Ryan in the finals, but Jake has the potential to have the biggest ceiling. So any one of those three can win it. Jordan, your team is not good enough. Rick, you're a crap trader. That's why your team is not good enough too. Um, He might not even make finals. Nah, well,
2: well, Rick's on par with you because he lost his game and he said it before that you're only as good as your last game. So he's on. He's you know he's saying your shit will his shit as well.
0: Yeah, well, anyone who has James Warple on the team must be shit. <laughs> so.
2: Although let's uh let's just go to let's Greg's not. team this week. Let's not talk about his lowest. Oliver far. Henry, uh, oh, sixteen shit. points. Yep. Tom Sparrow, twenty five points. Both in the starting field. For the Wolfpack, a.k.a. Craig. And this is where... Absolute w- horrid.
1: And that's where Will and the Wolfpack... I mean, <laughs> Will and the Bring Back the Bar finally got their wing. The Wolfpack was slim pickings for that game. Yeah, that, that just sucks.
0: <laughs> if we had a waiver wire, I would drop them if I could, but with I those can't.
2: Two, those two scores as well, you're not even second to bottom. What do you mean I'm you, not second Yeah, equal bottom. second at bottom, but you're still above
0: Braden on percentage.
2: That's because I
0: won like a
2: champ earlier
0: in the season. I got one high score for the whole round during the year, so just so you know, Craig's team, big ceiling. Must have been when Ollie Henry actually decided to play football.
2: <laughs> yeah, and Tom Sparrow. <laughs>
0: I must admit, that week I got the top score for the round, it was only like 1,700, so it was okay. way unders. All right, any more boys before we wrap it up? No, uh, thanks, Jake, for popping by for uh, a segment and uh and a talk.
1: no worries thanks for having me boys and uh if you're in north wyalla listen
0: to the damn podcast jake is going to put posters up everywhere he's going to tell everyone at the football club i'm on a massive podcast yeah, we we'll better get... get some more reach for
2: the uh yeah for this, yeah, this wild, is where so
0: we're so going to blow up in yeah. wyalla we'll surely. get some
1: qr codes put around oh. collecting it straight to the podcast and that way they can uh, scan it we might just chuck random ones around town who knows i like it I like would it. you even get a Tattooed QR of episode five. I don't think I would, but I'm sure I could find someone that that could be the punishment for our uh, someone in our fantasy league this year. Ooh, that's interesting. That <laughs> Imagine that we got like. Although a we did bump
2: into Will on the at the port game on the weekend, and he did say, "I'll look forward to sitting in Macus for 24 hours." So that's a potential punishment this year. <laughs> that would be yeah. hilarious. <laughs> we we good. might have to live stream that for the podcast. <clears throat> Yeah, <laughs> we could do an
0: episode
1: at we'll markers.
2: We'll do an episode for The Punishment, I think. That would be great. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks, Jake, for joining us. Um, like I said, we, we'll put the jersey up before tomorrow morning. Um, so have a look at that. Give us a like. Uh, extend the reach to Wyler, Jake. We'll get some more listeners. Um, and we'll see you next week.
1: Thanks guys.